0: What's the best video game adaptation of all time? Will it be a flawless victory for Mortal Kombat? Can Final Fantasy VII Advent Children rise above the strife? Or will we Pikachu's Detective Pikachu? Hello and welcome to the Screen Test. My name's Jack Howard. I'm joined as always by the chief film critic at The Independent, Clarice Lockery. Hello. One third of the cyber nerds, Joaquin win What's good? And joining us this week is presenter and gamer Els the Witch. Hello. Hello. Isn't it amazing that I can introduce you as a gamer, that yes. that is a title that you can have. Our generation just thought, I'm going to make this a job.
1: Exactly, because when I was younger, no one did that. I wanted to be a games tester when I was like younger, and those are the people that technically like test all the games. But now you can just sit on your sofa and play games and make a career out of it.
0: Good video game movies are few and far between, to say the least, but one of the standouts was definitely 2019's Pokemon Detective Pikachu, which was a love letter to the beloved franchise, with Ryan Reynolds voicing that cute little yellow boiler of fluff. And even though there have been 19 animated movies, this is the first ever live-action Pokemon movie. It stars Justice Smith as Tim, a lapsed Pokemon trainer who teams up with Pikachu to solve the mystery of his father's death. Ooh. It just came out on Prime Video, so that gave me the idea to have a conversation about what are the best video game adaptations of all time. And these are all movies that are directly related to the game rather than inspired by them, so it rules out things like Scott Pilgrim vs. The World or Ready Player One. So what have we chosen? Els, we will start with you since you are the guest.
1: Okay, so I have picked um, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, which was an animated movie off the back of the Final Fantasy VII game. So the game came out in 1997. The film came out in 2005 so it was quite a few years after and it was really the first time we got to see all of the characters in proper animation, 3D in the game they're kind of like little 2D stick men walking around and they didn't have voice actors so it was the first time the whole franchise was made sort of like interactive you could really get the acting and the storyline out of it So
0: interesting, okay yeah. Joe, what have you
2: picked? I've picked a 1995 nostalgia classic everyone's favorite <laughs> fighting movie mortal combat
0: <laughs>
2: i have decided as well
0: that for this episode not just for you joe but for everybody every time you manage to weave in a mortal combat quote into your argument i'll give you a bonus point naturally it's got to be a nat you can't just be saying finish him for no reason you've got to weave Fatality. it in properly <laughs> okay thank you okay right. clarice what have you picked
3: uh, like I'm I'm gonna suck at this episode because I did not grow up with a console. The only thing I had I had a game boy color. so I had Pokemon. so I've chosen the only choice for me which is Detective Pikachu. And I love it because, you know, he's a Pikachu and he's a detective. So...
0: It's a very complicated... Have
3: I not already solved the film to you?
0: (laughs) Here's how this show works. These three films, Detective Pikachu, Mortal Kombat and Final Fantasy VII Advent Children are going to be put through a series of rounds, including cast, memorable scenes and cultural impact. And then based on your arguments, I get to decide which one's best. However... Listen, I'm, ju- I'm just going to address the elephant in the room because we're all thinking it. It just needs to be said. Most video game movies aren't good. 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 Thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we're all in agreement. They're not great. So we can just address that straight. I don't want anyone listening to this or watching it being like, are they going to mention the fact that they're not-, they're not good? And we all know that, right? Yeah.
3: They are struggling. One day we may get there. <laughs>
0: It's a strange thing to adapt, isn't it? I mean, just I want to have a little bit of a conversation about this, but I feel like, and I'm not a massive gamer, so my bias doesn't come into this that much, but it feels like to me that the gaming experience is very first-person-based, and the experiences in the video game happen to you. And when you adapt that into a movie, it feels like there's something missing in the adaptation. What do you think
2: that is? I, I think, personally, the issue is trying to adapt the game exactly the same way it is like I feel like you've got to take the idea concepts and narratives and just make something else in that universe and I feel like that is the best way to get a good video a video game movie but they never do that they always try and make it exactly the same as it is in the game and you're never going to be able to substitute the experience of playing that as just watching it.
0: Els what do you think?
1: I think that with video games they're quite long so you have you build a relationship with the characters and the the game in your own time and I think that trans, translating that into sort of a 2 hour movie it doesn't work as well because you don't have that connection with the characters I don't think
2: I think with Mortal Kombat they actually the 1995 movie they actually do get some quite a lot of the lore in it's just held back by everything else like the choreography the fight and wait i feel like i'm fighting against my own movie
0: no you can, you can get some points for honesty if you keep going
2: yeah man, i mean basically it's just it's like we said it's not very good but the choreography the, the characters like it's just so hard to depict something especially in 1995 in that way that it just doesn't work just this doesn't is it it's, like it's just it's a fatality yourself
0: it, hey <laughs> Okay, that's two bonus points for Joe out of the way for being honest about it and also getting in a that's Mortal Kombat so quote straight out the gate. Well done, Joe. For Thank you. Two bonus points there. All right, let's jump into the first round, which is going to be cast. Now, all of the choices here, at least for our generation, seem kind of inherently nostalgic. And so what I'm kind of interested in is do the casting choices feed into that for you? Is there something about the way that these iconic characters are represented that feel like the definitive version of what they are for you.
3: Yeah, I always imagined that Pikachu would have the voice of Ryan Reynolds, (laughs) even as a small child. (laughs) I said, hey, if Pikachu had a voice, it would probably be Canadian. (laughs)
0: excellent argument (laughs) just just completely undermine the position that i was taking i'm sorry
3: (laughs) i don't know how to argue that because obviously ryan reynolds is not the obvious choice for pikachu
1: because he's a pikachu and he should just say pika pika on paper it shouldn't work like ryan reynolds as pikachu shouldn't work (laughs) but for some reason i really like it I,
2: i don't think it does like he's just He's doing like a Deadpool, yeah, like PG doing, Deadpool. Yeah. He's doing like dick jokes and stuff like that. And I was just like, this is kind of inappropriate for kids who are trying to watch Pikachu. But My yeah, favorite but... performance <laughs> in it
0: though is Bill Nye as yeah. the bad guy. <laughs> everyone must be Pokemon. For no reason. <laughs> that as a motivation yeah. is just like, like I, we don't care. He wants everyone to be Pokemon, so he's evil. <laughs>
3: and i will to bill Nye's credit he like he did not know what pokemon was going into the film but he bought the yeah, pokédex no no he bought the pokédex he did his research <laughs> now he's got he's he kept the ancient pokemon wall hangings from the set and they're just in his house now because he did his research and he's now a pokemon fan so i feel like in in favor of the characters, like everyone's very invested in this and i think justice smith does a great job as the lead because he signed on to it because he just saw the story of a father and a son and it's a really like sweet story about a kid who you know, made this decision when he was very young that he didn't want to go live with his dad he wanted to stay his grandmother because he felt like his dad has sort of sidelined him and betrayed him by you know dedicating his life to the pokemon and to the detect his detective work and so for him to go on this journey. I'm so
0: serious when you describe it it
3: is. Look, there's a great. Scene, there is a great scene, a great piece of acting from Justice Smith, where he's talking about his childhood, and he's just sitting somewhere in London, <laughs> on a curbside, and he's crying, and he's giving this beautiful performance about like the day that he was going to go on the train to go visit his dad, and he decided not to, and it's like. <laughs> On its own, it's so beautiful that they just cut to the wide shot, and there's just a Pikachu sitting there, being like, "It's okay,
0: man." <laughs> just Ryan Reynolds being like, "Yeah." And also, that's it. Like, how how does he forget that Ryan Reynolds is is his dad? How does he forget that voice? Because
3: you just don't expect it to come out of a Pikachu, right? Sure. I
0: suppose <laughs> if I heard my dad's voice coming out of a Pikachu,
3: I would not be like. Dad?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you would just be like, I guess this Pikachu is also Canadian. I'm not gonna question it. I don't know. I like I like Ryan Reynolds Pikachu because they needed somebody who had a really distinctive brand to kind of mold that character because it is very much a blank slate. Mm. And he just kind of plopped his pretty What personality do we want to
0: put onto this cute little thing?
3: Yeah, and they what they did is that they, <laughs> they got a bunch of clips of, of actors um, that they were considering and just put them on the Pikachu animation. So they had like Danny DeVito, Pikachu for a bit, Hugh Jackman, Pikachu, uh, Dwayne Johnson, Pikachu, <laughs> like all the possibilities. And they just would watch the clips with the, voice, the actor's voice on the Pikachu, and they just said, Ryan Reynolds
0: face. I think, I think I want to start the hashtag release the DeVito cut. I people wanted really, really
3: people. wanted him, but they just said that it didn't work, and I kind of.
0: He'd be I a different of sort of that. character. <laughs>
3: yeah, he's maybe a bit too chaotic.
0: I mean, it's, it's, it's very like similar to uh, Philotetes from Hercules, short little animal thing being, being rude to you.
3: Yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing
1: the, the detective Pikachu's not rude, mm. he's just lonely. But the oh. thing is when when Pokemon was out, I got the impression that Pikachu was quite a spiteful Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> and did, was really disobedient, quite spiteful and could only kind of respond to Ash. So, I feel like the Ryan Ryan Reynolds character is a bit more friendly than I imagined Pikachu to be. I
0: can't believe this. I can't that's, believe
3: okay, this is a conversation. Like that's one Pikachu. Pikachu is a species that's and true. the true. Pikachu have different personalities. Not
0: all
3: yeah, not all Pikachu's are the same. Els,
0: I'm going to bring you in now. I would like to hear about Final Fantasy VII. How right. nostalgia feeds into it for you? Like, t- tell me about because I I don't exist in this world, and I don't want to come across like I'm being like, oh, go on then, tell me about your nerdy thing. I just don't <laughs> understand it. I don't. I, I want to know what it is. How okay. it how it exists in your life.
1: So I think with Final Fantasy VII and then the, the movie Advent Children, it's very like. If you like Final Fantasy VII, you're very passionate about it, and it's got a cult following. So I feel like the movie was kind of giving the fans what they wanted in in the sense that people wanted a follow-up to Final Fantasy VII or a remake or something like that. So it was giving the fans what they want. So it's very much a movie for the fans. So if you've not played Final Fantasy VII before and you go and watch the movie, you're going to have no idea what's going on, which I'm sure you guys maybe found when you watched it um so i think in that sense it kind of falls back a bit
0: were you one of these people that kind of wanted this
1: back yeah. in the day yes 100 percent. so when i first played final fantasy 7 i was quite young so this came out when i was a bit older i i knew what was going on more so i really wanted this i wanted to see what the characters would look like with better graphics. And also, I think I mentioned earlier, but this was the first time we saw the characters actually speak because it was just text speaking before. So you kind of had to just improvise what you think they would sound like. And the actors in the movie, they weirdly are uh, how I imagined they would be in the game when I used to play it. And I don't know how they did it, and they've done it really well. Just, like, the tone of voice, kind of, like, their their mannerisms, everything. They they really got spot on. And one of the actors that stood out was is George Newbern, who plays Sephiroth, and he is by far the best actor in the movie. Some of the acting is a bit off, but he really stood out. And I think that... Um, because since the movie's come out, we've had Final, Final, Final Fantasy VII, the remake, which came out last year. Um, they really, think, I think, used that movie as sort of like a, a foundation for sort of getting the actors in this, this new one. So I think it's, it's a really, it's a, it's a big step forward from the original game and it gave fans what they wanted. As a fan of Final Fantasy VII... When I heard them speak, I was just like, "How is this exactly how I imagined some of their voices to be?" Without even hearing them speak before.
0: And the other question that I had was, what, how many Final Fantasy sevens are there, <laughs> and why do they keep making Final Fantasy seven?
1: Okay, so there's a there's a compilation of Final Fantasy seven, which is like a universe. So you have like the Marvel universe. They kind of have different. Uh, stories within the Final Fantasy VII. So Final Fantasy VII came out first. It was, I think, the best game, video game of all time. And it revolutionized role-play games, so RPG games. Mm -hmm. Um, So from that, had a, a cult fan following. They've made different games. So they've made prequels. There's sequels that happen after, before and after the events of the game. And then obviously we have the movie as well. So it's all kind of built up around the core original game to give fans sort of more elements to the storyline, I guess.
0: So I guess it's Final Fantasy VII that people have really taken to and it just happens to have been the seventh one that people like fell in love with the characters and stuff in that.
1: Yeah, well, Final Fantasy VI was 2D, so it's like a bird's eye view and Final Fantasy VII was completely different in the sense that it was just a a, a massive step up and and the storyline is amazing and I think that is what makes people fall in love with the game so much. I have a really ignorant question.
3: Go for it. <laughs> While I was watching it. Who is the cat? There's a cat that turns up and he's got a little crown. What a great Why question. was he Scottish? <laughs> I,
1: really I don't know me. that. That's, I, that was the only thing that I was going to make a point on. So he's called Kate Surf, I think. Joe, you know, am I saying it right? I don't
2: this yeah. is your world.
1: Okay. Cool. Um, I thought you knew.
2: No, not about the cat. Okay,
1: so he basically <laughs> Does
0: anybody is... in the comments know about the cat? <laughs> Tell me who
1: the cat? I don't know why he was Scottish, but his character in the thing is he was a spy for Shinra, who were um the the corporation. So the events of the movie take place two years after the actual main game. So Shinra were basically this massive corporation who suck the elements out of the universe to make energy so it's kind of like in real world if we use like oil to make electricity it's like that kind of and he was a spy so he infiltrated their camp and was feeding information back to shimra but then he turned out good and i don't know why he was scottish in the i meeting. hope that he's scottish even in the <laughs> yeah, in even the every game, in the
0: japanese in the, captions yeah.
1: in the
3: game was it was it like okay i'm no there I'm, was there that's,
1: there was no sort of Okay, inkling that he would be Scottish. So that was the only thing that threw me off. I'm like, why is he Scottish? But, it's such okay. a choice. And I was Diversity. like, I want to know.
2: Diversity.
3: The cat is Scottish. Everyone,
0: like, everyone's
3: American, but this well, one cat is Scottish. I'm
0: going to give you a bonus Scottish. point for the Scottish cat. Thank you. Because I enjoy that. Um, the rest of the lore and things like that, it's just, if, if somebody didn't know about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like I'd be able to just, because I've lived with it, you know, for 12 years or whatever it's been, I'd be able to, reel off all that stuff and be like oh yeah there's this and there's that and there's the other like it's nothing and i hear this other universe that exists that i just have no idea about and i'm like wow like holy shit like yeah you know what i mean it's just full it's full to the brim and people clearly are so passionate about it
1: yeah i think with with final fantasy not just final fantasy 7 but the, the games in general and the movie um it is, it is very much, if you play it, you'll get it. If you don't, you probably wouldn't get the movie, but I just love it and I think it's a very good movie and I think you should give me points anyway. Is it? it
0: is it, it? Is nostalgia a big part of it, though?
1: 100%. Mm. Because if I hadn't have played the game, I firstly wouldn't know what was going on and secondly, there's moments in the game which we'll get, in, get into with the memorable scenes... That just touched your heart. And there's a really sad part in the game, and it makes me cry. Um, And there's parts of the movie that they incorporated that storyline into. So it really gets you in your feels. Okay,
0: well, we'll come on to that after this round. Joe, let's talk about the cast of Mortal Kombat.
2: (laughs) All right. So I want to to talk about Shang Tsung. So he's the bad guy. So the bad guy. Um, I want to bring him up, not because he's particular. Yeah, he's not, so beca- like not because he's particularly great in the movie and no, says <laughs> fatality like every 10 minutes. But I think after this movie, he goes on to be this character like throughout Mortal Kombat. So, so he,
0: pl- he still plays he, him in t- other To this
2: day, he oh, still wow. plays that same character in the video games. Good on he him. voices him. He's like... Uh, he's like the chess master. Like if you go into like the store where you like buy stuff, he's the guy there who welcomes you in and it's him like they've like rendered it to look exactly the same as him now. So he has- What an amazing impression he made on everybody then. That's what I'm saying. He has become this guy. So in the cast, I'm saying he's definitely a standout. And he's been in other movies as well, always as like- The fifth person, like in a movie, but um I just love when an actor chooses the scenery with a with a
0: part, though. Like when he he just knows I am the big evil guy, so I'm going to perform everything like it's the most evil thing I've ever said.
2: Yeah, and he just does it. He does that all the way through, and I think just every character in this is themselves, like they're one note but to a thousand. Like Johnny Cage is that guy. Like he's. The Johnny Bravo of Hollywood, Yeah, the Johnny yeah. Bravo of Mortal Kombat <laughs> and he's just He's just a piece of shit. Am, like, I, am dude, I right <laughs> in saying
0: it. that at one point in this, and I don't want to ruin your memorable scenes, that Johnny Cage does the splits and po- punches Goro in the balls? Yeah, he does. I mean, <laughs> that's,
2: that's actually a signature Johnny Cage move. And I feel like you should give me a point for stealing that away from my memorable moments. <laughs> but um, one thing I do want to bring up is uh, Bridget Wilson Sampers. So she did all her own stunts in the movie. Who does she play? She plays uh, Sonia, mm-hmm. the, um, the police officer with the... With the big shotgun she done all of her sta- uh, stunts in a movie um cameron diaz auditioned for the role but she injured herself um trying to in the training for it and so did oh wow kathleen mclaren both of them were trying out for it they both injured themselves that would training. Be a very different film so then bridget wilson gets the role um and does her all her own stunts exactly the same way she did in last action hero that came out a few years before fun fact Steven Spielberg loves Mortal Kombat wanted to cameo in it but he had a conflict so they got someone who looks just like Steven Spielberg to to be in in it the Johnny Cage scene they did that on purpose like he was supposed to be Steven Spielberg but he couldn't make it
0: oh wow okay I think that that brings us to a close on the first round I'm going to go ahead and give three points to Mortal Kombat because I thought that Joe argued
2: that so well oh thank you I think I've got a bonus point.
0: You've d- you got two <laughs> bonus points, Joe. Oh, thanks. you got uh, a bonus point for, for the honesty of it not being great. And then you also slipped in fatality, just very naturally, which I appreciated. And then I'm going to give two points to Detective Pikachu, because I do agree that Ryan Reynolds is entertaining as Pikachu, but I also feel similarly to Joe that it feels a bit like...
3: Yeah. But the disrespect to Justice Smith, you just, you know, oh, well. he, he gave such a good performance, <laughs> and you yeah. disrespected it. He cried I, his little heart out in I the middle of London next I think next he's pretty good.
0: I think he's nice. And
3: he had to act next to a, a CGI green blob.
0: thing, yeah. That
3: was meant to represent Pikachu.
0: Which means that Final Fantasy Advent Children... Gets one point, but there is a bonus point as for well. For the Scottish cat. For the Scottish cat.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. I wish I'd never mentioned it.
0: <laughs> so at the end of that round, Mortal Kombat has five points and Detective Pikachu and Final Fantasy have two points each. We're going to stay with you though, Els. We're going to go on to memorable scene now. Uh, okay. You can talk about many memorable scenes, but Els, it seems like you've got one that is particularly emotional for you.
1: Yeah, there's a couple. They're towards the end of the movie. Um, so the first one is... so. The whole movie is structured around the comeback of the big evil character in Final Fantasy VII, which is Sephiroth. And he's, like, renowned as just being just, like, really, really evil. And he makes a comeback towards the end in the middle of a big fighting scene. So So
0: has he previously died and he's now returned?
1: Yeah, so in the end of Final Fantasy VII, no spoilers, but here's a spoiler, um, Cloud, who's the main character of Final Fantasy VII, defeats Sephiroth. So... Yes! Yes, so he comes back um, in the, it, through the evil character in Final Fantasy VII, Advent Children, called Kadaj, and they they kind of morph. So Kadaj changes into Sephiroth, and he go, and he says like, hey, Cloud, it's Sephiroth. I can't do the voice because it's really low, but it's just like a moment. And if you played Final Fantasy VII and you were scared of Sephiroth because it, it was really scary when you used to play it." it kind of sends a little shiver down your spine because you're just like, oh my God, he's back. But is this the
0: first time you've heard him speak?
1: Yes. And the the voice actor who played him was really, really good. He's actually better than the voice actor in the remake, which they released last year. And it kind of is just a moment because you're just like, oh my God. (laughs) This is exactly what I imagined when I played the game. Um, So that's a big moment because obviously Sephiroth's come back. He's like, oh my God, he's back again after all three discs worth of playing that game to kill Sephiroth and he's come back. So that was a really big moment. And then at the end, the last scene of the movie, um, Cloud, who's the main character, looks over. They're in the chapel. So in Final Fantasy VII, the game, there's this character called Aerith and she she dies in the main movie and it's a really, really sad part and it makes me cry. And she comes back. She's kind of like a, a, a ghostly, kind of like heavenly figure. So
0: it's kind of like Gandalf the White.
1: Yeah. Yes. Like that. And they're they're in they're in an archway in the chapel. I apologise
0: was... that I have to make this reference in my head <laughs> to things that to I know. Just to understand what's going on. So I'm like, it's kind of like this thing.
1: Yeah. So she she kind of comes back. She's in a, like an archway in the chapel. He glances over, and there's another character called Zach who um, Cloud works closely with, and they kind of walk off into the distance. And she's like, see, everything's okay, and it's like really because she comes back from the. Is dirt. that is
0: that the moment that
1: that's the, that's that the moment. Yeah, touches me. She, she, she's come back. It was a, When you play the game, it's a very, very sad moment. It's probably like the key moment in the, the, the entire game. Um, so for her to come back and just say, do you know what, it's all right, because it's two years after the game, everything's gone a bit pear-shaped, and she's just like, no, you're going to be fine, don't worry, and walks off and what into is the it, distance.
0: What is it about that scene, other than the, you know, the fact that it's been built up in the story, like when you revisit it now... What is it about that scene that's, like, really emotionally pulling on you?
1: It's just the fact that when you finished Final Fantasy VII, the game, you wanted to know what's going to happen afterwards. So the movie sets the stage for it's been two years. You thought things were going to be better because that's generally what happens. Everything's happy ending. But really, it's 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 not better because there's this virus, which was called Geosucoma, which was going around and killing a lot of the people, and... Um, and I think the whole movie just ties in really nicely at the end with kind of like the conclusion of yeah, bad things will happen in life, and you're never gonna sort of like just have a happy ending, and then that will be it. But in the end, everything's gonna be fine. You're not alone. You've got people around you that care for you.
0: It feels like there's bigger, some really big ideas and themes being explored in 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 this kind of like you know larger than life fantasy worlds mm-hmm. but it's like really exploring more human ideas
1: yeah definitely because the the key thing about final fantasy 7 is it kind of mirrors real life to a certain extent obviously it can't because there's like monsters and materia and things like that but, but um,
0: we all deal with monsters yeah
1: exactly so <laughs> It's all about the the planet and preserving the, the natural resources of the planet and how, as humans, we are a product of the planet. When we die, our soul goes back into the planet and feeds it and recycles. So I do think that you can kind of relate it to everyday life and how, obviously, we use the planet's resources and it could end really badly one day. Um, so the, the movie kind of... You can, you can apply it to your real life and sort of get an emotional connection to what's going on.
2: 100%. I feel like... Lots of Final Fantasy Seven deals with identity as well, because, like, I think they're all a clone of...
1: Sephiroth, of Jenova.
2: Yeah, of Genova. So mm-hmm. there's a... Wait, Jenova is the black-haired cloud, right? No, that's Zack. No, sorry, that's Zack. Yeah, okay. So Jenova <laughs> is, like, something in a in a tank somewhere, yeah. and all of these characters are, like, different incarnations of him, like, different clones. And... The main character, Cloud, is trying to find his own identity, trying to find out who he is. And I feel like that's tied into Sephiroth. And I think this is why Sephiroth is such a daunting villain besides every time he shows up they play like badass music oh the that.
1: music is insane it's that mad. was one winged angel isn't it it's it's just amazing is,
2: is the
0: soundtrack something that you think like you would listen to like outside of the movie I or? have it
1: saved to my phone
0: yeah they it's, do
1: They I watched it at the Royal Albert Hall oh wow like the orchestra it's made they do world tours and stuff it's really impressive oh that's so inca-
0: incredible and I bet the Whole Royal Albert Hall was packed out. Yeah, and I was nerves. I was there crying to the
1: heart. Wow. Like by, I went by myself and I shed a tear. I'm not even a, ashamed to say.
0: Okay, who's going to follow that?
1: Joe looks eager.
2: Well... Yeah, go on, Joe. Um, memorable
0: scenes from Mortal Kombat.
2: Yeah, memorable scenes. In this movie, there's not like great fights or anything like that, but it's just... The things that you get that you just didn't think he was going to get. So like you said, Shang Tsung being overly t- the top, Shang Tsung, Johnny Cage doing his trademark move in the game where you you can do that move in the game where you do the splits and you punch the opponent in the nuts um, or the crutch, depending, you know. Uh, so I feel like these are memorable scenes. But I think for me, one of the standout scenes is Johnny Cage's fight with Scorpion where they're fighting in the woods and Scorpions doing cartwheels and stuff like that. And what actually happened was after the first cut of the movie, they was like, there's actually not enough fighting scenes. So the part where Johnny Cage runs up and jumps, like flying and kick Scorpion and they teleport into this like underground fire place. Um, They added that in after just to extend the scene. And I felt like with Scorpion being a character that like dwells in hell, I felt like, yeah, this is actually super cool to see in a movie. And you just wouldn't think in 1995 that you would see something like that. And then the fight with Sub-Zero, where they're introducing the tournament and... Sub-Zero's on one side, he does these little fighting poles and the other guy's over there and he starts doing these mad breathing techniques and punching and kicking and you're like, oh, this this shit's about to go down. Then he runs up to him and he just hits him with a, with a you know what I'm saying, with a ball of ice and he just explodes. I felt like in 1995, my childhood mind exploded just like his body. And I just feel like these are scenes that have stuck with me. And I guarantee almost that these scenes will be in the new Mortal Kombat when they come out because they are legitly iconic. I
0: love that that scene is like, I mean, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it feels like referencing the Indiana Indiana Jones scene when that guy gets out his big knives and then Indiana just shoots him. It feels like that sort of same buildup just to be like, shut up. (laughs) I also like, my childhood brain is taking me back so easily because I used to put this movie on repeat. I used to watch, I don't know why. I, I never even played the games much, but for some reason this movie like, Caught my little boy brain, and it's things like Raiden always speaking down like this, it's like yes. always <laughs> yeah. something really important to say about everything, and get over here. And like, you're right, like the cartwheels that he does behind him, like in the trees, for like no it's so reason. ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> for no reason. And then, um, when Liu Kang is fighting, I think it's fighting Scorpion, and you hear the soundtrack say it. the soundtrack goes Scorpion like that and he just turns into this awful CGI thing and Liu Kang's like double feet Kick through the air thing, all that stuff just sticks in my head.
1: I feel like goro is it Goro with, goro. The, four yeah, with the arms? arms yeah. yeah. I was trying. I, so I watched this yesterday. I was trying to overlook the fact that it was made in 1995. Yeah. So that's why, like, it was that terrible. But like, it's so funny when he comes. I think it's when he enters the tournament and he comes out and his all of his arms are like all over the place. Yeah. Just like okay. when he's
0: at the banquet table and yeah. eating as well. So fucking weird. I
1: mean, this is the thing with Paul
3: Anderson. Like, obviously, he made the Resident Evil films as well. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't make great films, but he makes memorable films. And, like, I actually think Mortal Kombat looks great. Like, that ladders, the place where they're fighting and it, it's just ladders for some reason. Yeah. Like, visually, it looks fantastic. Uh, it's just the fact that everything contained within it is ridiculous
0: so. I think he wants I yeah. think he thinks that making a movie is just making really distinctive scenes one after the other but yeah <laughs> all of
2: these scenes are in the game as well so yeah. like all of these fighting like in the end the last fight between Liu Kang and Shang Tsung that fight in pit is one of the like main stages in the game so I feel like he he did try and go out of his way to at least get some of the set design right and stuff like that like it's the pit minute. with the with the um the pit with the like Spikes, spikes, yeah, mm. coming out of the Mortal Kombat sign—that's like an iconic thing in Mortal Kombat. So Do you know yeah, what it feels to...
3: like it was made with love. Yes, I'll just I'll say that in Mortal Kombat's favor.
0: Okay, Clarice, what are the memorable scenes from Detective Pikachu?
3: I mean, you're probably not gonna like this, but I really like the ending.
0: Which what when everyone's Pokemon?
3: <laughs> no, I love the final twist that the dad was Pikachu the entire time. It's like the most literal version of like your dad was the friends you made along the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you, you like that twist that, that love why that he twist. can speak is because what is it? Because it's
3: the dad. The dad Mewtwo put the dad's yes. soul inside of the Pikachu.
2: Yeah, obviously. <laughs> the dad yeah. was the Pikachu. How can I
3: like what's it's so wild, but I love it because like emotionally it hits. Cause you're like, oh, like he feels really disconnected from his dad, but actually, like his dad was there the whole time throughout his whole life, not just when he's trapped inside a Pikachu body. Like it's all a metaphor, you know?
0: Metaphors, right? Got it.
3: Yeah, so do you get it? I really try hard to sell to say to Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: well, I like that the film feels like it's trying to be like a Spielberg 80s family mm. movie like the way that it's constructed and the directing and the way that it's shot and the way that the camera drifts and moves and the shadows and you know the all that lighting it feels like it's going to that very family-friendly Spielberg vibe
3: well the really interesting thing about Detective Pikachu it was shot on film oh wow that and it is was all shot on location because the director was like well I, I want this to feel like film noir, so I want it to have this grounded edge to it, and so they were looking at stuff like Blade Runner for inspiration wow. and, like, The Third Man for inspiration. So I think that's kind of what makes Detective you so interesting, is that you've come with somebody with this very, like, fixed genre noir idea in their head of we're going to shoot off film, we're going to do this, we're going to have this, this, like, very emotional father-son story, but then they just have loads of Pokemon, and they're really cute. <laughs> like, I can't... I, this should be an argument in itself that Pikachu is extremely cute, and I would kill everyone in this room just to hug him.
2: I mean, I love I love.
0: <laughs> luckily, so none scenes. of us are in the same room right now. <laughs> I would
3: go into the different
0: rooms. and <laughs> kill all of you individually. Kill, so
3: I could get one hug from <laughs> Pikachu, because he's cute. Because so I think that would
0: solve all my problems.
3: Cute. And on a, more, on a more logical level, like... It's interesting to compare this to the, the Sonic redesign. The reason why Detective PG works is that they spent three years like, perfecting the design of all the Pokemon because they had the budget. There are 800 Pokemon in the world. They had the budget for 65. <laughs> so they researched... The skeletal and like anatomical muscular structure of all these Pokemon, so that they would make zoological sense. So, like Pikachu is a combination of a marmoset and marsupials, and like a bunch of other creatures. Bonus
0: point. Well done, because they were like,
3: okay, they 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 gave themselves this rule of like each Pokemon. We want to make sure it survives the night. like if we could imagine that this Pikachu could make it through the night without falling over on his own feet and just being eaten alive then we, are, we can have this Pikachu in the movie and they're also working very closely with the Pokemon company because what they were really concerned about was the, the kawaii, they didn't want to lose the cuteness so they were constantly go back and forth and it's like even Mr. Mime who is Oh disgusting. that was my favourite part, I was about I to say that's my favourite literally about scene. to say, <laughs> yeah,
0: like, I was going to help you out with memorable scenes is that the Mr. Mime Interrogation is actually brilliant.
3: Yeah, I love the Mr. Mime interrogation. I also love the actual Pokemon battle that they have with the Charizard. Yes,
0: because it is a bit terrifying
3: and Mm. a very funny joke to have the Magikarp in there because, like, every Pokemon fan knows that the Magikarp is the worst Pokemon. Well, that and Metapod, but Magikarp is utterly useless. And to have the joke that then he turns into Gyarados, who is a very large serpent thing and very scary so it's just like just trust me it's a good joke it's a good pokemon joke
2: I figure a pokemon fan like those scenes are so good and so satisfying just to see them come to come to life in live action and you've just never got that before so,
3: so yeah and then it's like it is done in a very loving way where it's it's i mean obviously they couldn't have every pokemon but the ones that they do include like you know Jigglypuff is doing what Jigglypuff should be doing which is singing karaoke and making someone fall asleep like
1: they clearly <laughs> understand how yeah. these characters work and the Psyduck as well was so annoying yeah. but like I feel like in the game I really hated Psyduck as well so
0: okay I'm going to give out these points a little bit differently I'm going to give top points to Final Fantasy 7 Advent Children because Els, it's clearly so personal to you
1: and Are these pity points? Not no at else. all. Okay. It's more just like just you've made joking. it personal.
0: And I think yeah. I appreciate that, the fact that you have expressed that this is something you still find incredibly emotional. Yeah, I cried in important. the out at Hall. That's what it's all about, exactly. Yeah. So there's top points for that. Thank you. Um, and then I'm going to give... I'm going to give two to Mortal Kombat and one to uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu because I gave you a bonus say point. say the name of the movie. The detective <laughs> one, who, because you talked about the... Uh, anatomically correct Pokemon, which I think is a very interesting fact. And also it's amazing to see how much dedication and thought went into making the silly Pokemon movie.
3: Yeah, it's not so silly. That's
0: the point. I take it back. (laughs) And at the end of that round, Mortal Kombat has seven points. Final Fantasy VII has five points and Detective Pikachu has four points. Okay, the third round is cultural impact. So how have your adaptations influenced the way that video game movies are being made now? Have they? Does it matter? Let's talk about that. Let's come to Mortal Kombat first.
2: All right, well, I think one thing that Mortal Kombat did was make one of the greatest video game movie soundtracks ever. Some people do, don't do, like do, it, do, do, but do, 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 it was do. the first platinum record for uh, EDM. The thing is, I love it. I it was, it was funny watching it yesterday because the second the movie starts, like the first logo comes up and they scream Mortal Kombat and it goes straight into it because I feel like they just kind of knew this was one of the best selling points of the movie. Um, I think...
0: It's like playing the Mission Impossible theme at the start of the Mission Impossible movie. You need to just like, this is the mode we're in. Let's get fucking started.
2: Yeah, <laughs> 100%. And I feel like of the three movies we've got here, it's got the most sequels. And people like, even though we all know it's trash, it's great nostalgia. We love it. We love parts of it. And it's still going now. So, I And feel- like
0: you say, it's influenced the way that the games are still being made. If you've still got the same actors playing those characters outside of the movie because of the movie.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that character, Shang Tsung, he'll, I think it, the same actor will be in the new movie. I think they're going to miss something if they don't put him in there.
0: Else, what do you think the cultural impact is of the Final Fantasy VII movie and Final Fantasy in general?
1: I think that out of the three movies today, this one is the only purely animated movie. So obviously Detective Pikachu's animation, but it's got human actors as well. Mortal Kombat's obviously human actors. So I think it, it's, it's really impressive that back in 2005, they were able to do that. And I think it's got a lot of acclaim for its CGI and, and, and the actual animations over the storyline. And I think that it's kind of a testament to what they were capable of doing at the time. Um, and I think when it came out, 2005 it was one of the best-selling animation movies that year so it did perform well considering it's targeted at quite a niche audience just for Final Fantasy fans and I think that because of Advent Children the movie it hugely contributed to the possibility of a Final Fantasy 7 remake which obviously we've seen now it came out last year and I think that by putting this movie out they really kind of tested the waters to see how these characters would transcend um with voice acting and just just more sort of like higher powered graphics i suppose and just really delving further into their storylines and i think because it was quite well re- well received especially with the fans they were then able to build upon those characters and when we did get the final fantasy 7 remake it's just so much better like the the the, characters that they, the, the actors that they have now for these characters, I feel like they really perfected them. And without this movie, I don't think that would have been as good. So I definitely feel like culturally, within the Final Fantasy VII fandom and the culture, this was a really vital point for Final Fantasy VII fans.
0: Clarice, what about uh, Detective Pikachu, Pokemon stuff? What's the cultural impact of that?
3: <laughs> well, I don't know if everyone knows this, but Pokemon is the highest grossing media franchise of all time. Whoa. It's beating Star Wars, Marvel, everything, Mickey. Like, Pokemon Sorry, is at mouse. the very top.
0: Different mouses at the top.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think it's pretty significant that Detective Pikachu was the first live-action Pokemon property And the fact that it was not only like, Semi critically successful. There were a lot of articles saying, ah, the video game curse has finally been broken with Detective Pikachu. It was also the second highest grossing video game adaptation after Warcraft, which we have all forgotten, so I feel like that can be sorry, discounted. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, it was just really forgettable. I'm so sorry, Duncan Jones. <laughs> and so I don't I don't know, because I don't want to be super too bold and claim that Detective Pikachu did like break the video game curse but it was definitely a major milestone on the way to where we are now, where I feel like there are every video game is being adapted into a movie or a TV series. I mean, there's Uncharted, uh, Last of Us is the Witcher, a TV show. The Witcher is good as well. Yeah, The Witcher TV show is great. Mm. I don't want to be overly bold and say Detective Pikachu did it, but I think Detective Pikachu might have done it. Because if you look at the timeline, it's like the financial success of Detective Pikachu sort of sparked something within the studios where they went, oh, let's do all of them now. Let's just go.
0: And not, not to tread on a conversation we've already had, but do you think that is because they're using the property and not trying to adapt directly from a story of a video game?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's because it made a ton of money, but yeah, I think it's them realizing that there is a way to do a video game adaptation that doesn't feel like it's just for the fans. Like it is catered to that audience, but I think a family could just bring Mm -hmm. their random child who doesn't know what a Pikachu is in and the child would have, you know, a semi grasp of the universe and would have fun with that movie.
0: Yeah, it's kind of the polar opposite of the Final Fantasy movie. Like, Detective Pikachu is trying to get as many people as possible to just come in and enjoy it as a one-off, whereas the Final Fantasy movie is proudly being like, if you don't get it, it's not yeah. for you. <laughs>
1: yeah, we don't care.
0: <laughs> okay, so at the end of that round, I am going to give... Uh, I'm going to give Mortal Kombat three points, because I think that even just wow. the fact that the same actor who plays Shang Shang Sun Shang Sun I'm going to get in trouble. The so, bad guy... Is, uh, is still playing that guy. And then I'm going to give two points to Detective Pikachu. I think that was very well argued. And a single point to Final Fantasy VII because although it seems to have influenced its own genre, I don't see how it might have... Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know how much impact it's had or how much impact I've noticed as somebody who's completely outside of it. And now, the points as they stand are Mortal Kombat has 10 points, Final Fantasy VII... Has seven points, Ooh. which is Yes, yeah, I think
1: it's quite decent. So Pokemon yeah.
0: Detective Pikachu has six points,
1: mm. so now Pika, we're going into Pika. the
0: is that a sad Pika, Pika Pika?
3: I don't know. <laughs> <I'm> trying. <laughs> and now we're
0: going on to the IMDb rating round. So how oh. do people feel that their movies are going to rank? I don't know if we're going to get high rankings on this. Where do you think you're going to sit? Oh, More no. comics
2: last. For sure. What's last? Sure? more Kombat. Uh, mm. Do you think so? Yeah, I think it's going to be probably our lowest score ever on the show. Okay. okay.
1: I think Detective Pikachu, without a doubt, is going to be the highest, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think? I will say, I, as I, I didn't
3: bring any of this up because I don't know enough about Final Fantasy to make this argument, but I looked into it and it seems like some people really don't like that movie who are Final Fantasy fans. So I feel like that might...
1: Yeah. I'll balance
3: it a little bit. I think bit. it's
1: mixed reception,
0: to say the least. All right, let's find out. If you think Mortal Kombat's going to be lowest, we'll start with that. Alexa, tell me the IMDb rating for Mortal Kombat.
1: Mortal Kombat has an IMDb rating of 5.8 out of 10.
2: Garbage. Five
1: 5.8. <laughs> I'll
2: take my one point, thank
0: you. 5.8. Uh, well, yeah, that's one point for Joe there. Yeah. That's definitely going to be the case. Well, who knows? Alexa, tell me the IMDb rating for Pokemon Detective Pikachu.
1: Pokemon Detective Pikachu has an IMDb rating of 6.6 6 out of 10.
0: Might have a chance. I
3: feel like that could have been higher, I'll be honest. 6. I thought it
0: was going 6. to be
1: higher. Yeah, 6.6 6.
3: P- 6 seems not... quite
0: low for how... Yeah,
3: when Ryan Reynolds made all those jokes.
0: Yeah, he said things.
3: He said things. He drank coffee. It was very funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what's Final Fantasy 7 going to be? Well, this is it. Like, Do you think that... It can be 6.6? I think it can.
1: I think maybe, but I don't know because then it's like some people didn't like the movie. But if you're a Final Fantasy 7 fan, just give it its props because it gives you extra storylines. So for that reason, I want to say it will will score higher than Detective Pikachu. There's
0: only one way to find out. Alexa, tell me the IMDb rating for Final Fantasy 7 Advent Children.
1: Final Fantasy 7. Advent Children has an IMDb rating of 7.2 out of 10. How do you feel?
0: 7.2.
1: Very surprised, actually, (laughs) that I won.
0: (laughs) There we go. So that means that for that round, Final Fantasy VII gets three points. Mortal Kombat gets one point and Detective Pikachu gets two points. So that means at the end of it all... (laughs) It's not the order I thought it was going to be in. (laughs) The Mortal Kombat has won with 11 points, followed by Final Fantasy VII Advent Children with 10 points, and then Detective Pikachu with eight points. Wow! I really, as a biased judge as I am, and I don't claim to be anything other, genuinely didn't think that Detective Pikachu was going to come last.
1: I thought it was going to be the other way around.
0: So did I. Nobody
1: did. Nobody did. How could this have happened? I think,
0: (laughs) Els, you made a really good argument by making it all very personal i I'm, I'm a sucker for that. <laughs> but props to Joe.
2: Nostalgia.
0: You have rightfully... What is there a Mortal Kombat thing I can say to you while you've I got, give you this? You've got to
2: say finish him.
0: But you already have. Flawless victory. Flawless victory. Oh, yeah. There we go. Have the award. I
2: should lose a point for that. Thank <laughs> you. How do you feel? Uh, I just want to thank Shang Tsung and Scorpion and everyone else from Earthrealm who made this possible. Thank you, Joe, guys. but now
0: that I've given you that award...
2: Your soul is mine.
0: <laughs> Cringe. Well, there we go. Mortal Kombat has been crowned with a flawless victory. Reference. <laughs> and if you want to watch one of our other picks, which is Pokemon Detective Pikachu, you can. It's out on Prime Video right now exclusively. Els, thank you so much for joining us this week.
1: It's all right. Thanks for having me. That's
0: no problem. Anything you want to add before we end the episode?
1: Go and play Final Fantasy VII, the original version. Yeah, I
0: was going to say, which one?
1: <laughs> the the original, but then the remake's quite good, so I'd play that as well.
0: And next week, we feel the need. The need to rank Tom Cruise's best films and decide which one is better out of Edge of Tomorrow, Jerry Maguire, and of course, Top Gun. So we'll see you then. Bye-bye.